Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building, which is actually hashtag Divine Color Wall. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's Pastor Michael Petit. Just a couple quick things. Next Sunday, we're actually going to start the Book of Mark. So that we're, we've gotten through uh, what we've gone through, which is sun, salt, and light, which is really a beach theme, right? But it's S-O-N, know the sun, and then be the light. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, Lester came up with shine and divine, which was, you know, it's marketing right there, buddy. And also, but at the end of the day, really, it, we're, we're wanting to be the salt and the light here in divine and uh, be able to reach the lost. And, and so... Uh, that's something that really has been on our hearts. So we've been doing. We did those teachings. We went through uh, the sun, know the sun, and then uh, grow in the sun, and then be the salt and the light. And then this, we did Palm Sunday last week, and then this or the triumphal entry uh, last week, and then we did. Uh, we have Easter this week, and the next week we'll start the Book of Mark. We are currently in the Book of Nehemiah on Wednesday nights. So we start at 7 p.m. here. If you come Wednesday. The, there's a barbecue joint right down the street here at Jordan's. Uh, it's called Flying Bys, and they make the best hamburger. And and we had the turkey and the ribs and the and the uh, brisket the other day. It was really good. So you can actually have dinner before you before you come over here. It's it's good, really good. Um, and so um, as as far as tithe, as tithes and offering, we leave that up to you. That's between you and the Lord. Tide boxes that are on the side. You can also do it online uh, through uh, PayPal as well. And so that's it for the bulletins. Let's go ahead and stand as we read the Word of God. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 11, John chapter 11, verses 17. And we'll start from there. Uh, it says, Now when Jesus came, he found that uh, Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem and about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary uh, to uh, console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard, heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to, uh, to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we do come before you, Lord, and we do pray uh, for today's service. We, we thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross 
uh, defeated death and there's victory and resurrection, Lord, that we, uh, uh, we know that you are risen, that your tomb is empty. And we pray for each person here, Lord, that, um, you know, everybody comes here uh, with a, a different things that have happened to them over the last year. Uh, we just think about the lockdowns that just started right, right around Easter. And so, and a lot of us had, had battled or have come on the other side of COVID or, or um, have had loved ones that have gotten sick. And, and so we just pray. We ask, Lord, that you just continue to do a healing of our, of our nation, that we would return and repent and come back to you. Uh, we pray that. I really believe that's what's happening right now. It may not seem like it when we look at the world, but we're not, we're not to look at the world. We're, we're, to, we're supposed to be looking at Christ. And so we, um, we thank you so much for, for, uh, for all these beautiful faces that are here this morning. We pray that, uh, that we can apply and, and learn from your word and, and just, uh, just have a wonderful day and, and to celebrate you, Lord. We thank you. I thank you so much for Lester and Melissa just coming in and, and doing worship and uh, what a blessing that is. And we just ask you just continue to bless their marriage and their family. And, and uh, we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Um, so we're going to look at this actually in a couple of different ways. I entitled this, Do You Believe Jesus is the Resurrection and the Life? Because that is the question that was, pull, uh, was, was given to Martha. Do you believe? And, and I love that because I know you're probably thinking, well, that's not the resurrection story. But I think Jesus had always said he was going to be resurrected, that he was going to defeat death. That was always something that was always there. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the resurrection and then we're going to look at the results of the resurrection, which is extremely important. There's a purpose for it. I think sometimes we, you know, I can remember showing up at the Catholic Church. And when I first started to do catechism school, I remember going into the, the main sanctuary and I could never understand why Jesus was still on the cross if they were telling us he was resurrected. And I asked the question, I was like, I got put in time out. I got stuck in the corner for asking the question. Uh, the lady thought I was being smart, and I, I was like, I was just trying to figure it out. Because if you're telling me the tombs rolled away, why is he still on the cross above the, the altar? And I just couldn't, couldn't process that. So, you know, I think it's important for each of us each year to kind of ask that question, do, do you believe this? You know, for our lives, if we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, what does the resurrection and power of the resurrection mean to each of us? as we walk with the Lord. And so let's pick it up in Matthew chapter 27. We're going we're gonna to kind of go and, and pick it up from the point of, of, of after Jesus being crucified just to kind of go over a few things. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 57, it says, When it was evening, there was a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Christ and then Pilate or, uh, ordered it to be given to him. Now that is actually a prophecy that was um, fulfilled in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 9. It says, And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. And although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. And so uh, th this had to happen the way it was supposed to. And then we also know in the, in the book of John that Nicodemus was with him. Right? In John chapter 19, verse 39, 
It says, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and alloys and about 75 pounds in weight. Why is that important? Because when they embalmed Jesus, or when you know the, the Egyptians embalmed people, but the Jews, they, they actually covered the body, but they would have spices. That's why 70 pounds of weight of spice. And they would leave it in the tomb for a year. And then they would come back and then they would bury the, the bones after a year. Now that's going to be important because when we, when we see that the, the, uh, the resurrection happens, this, all that linen is there. It's folded. It's all done. Right? His body's just gone. And, and so the other thing that's important about that is we know that, that Joseph and Nicodemus were both two members of the Pharisees. So at this point, everybody knows they're followers of Christ now. They can't hide it in secret anymore. There was a lot of that happening. And then it says, And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linen in a shroud and laid it in his own, to- in his own new tomb, which he had cut out in the rock. And he rolled away a great stone to, to the entrance of the tomb and went away. And Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, there sitting on the opposite, opposite the tomb the next day, that is, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate. And, and, and this is what happens in verse 63. And he said, Sir, we remember how that, that imposter said, uh, while he was still alive, after three days I will arise. The disciples took off. Right? But the Pharisees believed in the... Re- they were like, hey, wait a minute. I remember he said he was going to arise in three days. We need to make sure... Something doesn't happen here. So they say, Therefore, order the tomb to be made secured until the third day. Let his disciples go and steal, uh, let, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell uh, the people he has risen from the dead. And last he fraud, uh, the last fraud would be worse than the first. And so the disciples had forgotten. They, they all scattered. And yet the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they remembered. They were like, Hey, wait a minute. He said he was going to arise. We need to make sure that tomb is sealed. Now they would have put Roman guards on this tomb. And now Roman guards were trained. And it would have been anywhere between 4 to 16 soldiers that would have monitored this tomb. And a Roman guard trained can handle up to 4 to 6 feet by himself. That's how they were trained to fight. And so together they could cover a pretty good space if somebody was to come in. And so Pilate tells them, he goes, uh, Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go and make it secure as you can, so that when, uh, uh, so when they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. And so we pick it up in verse 28, and now we're at the Sabbath. And so why is all this important? And we'll find out. It says, now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Were they going to see the tomb because they were expecting the resurrection? No. They were going to see the tomb in preparation of the body or to go just be there. Um, And and so we see, and then behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from the heaven and came and rolled uh, rolled back the stone and sat on it. When when was the last earthquake? Right? When Jesus died, there's an earthquake and and it tore the veil in half, right? So we have access to God. We, we, we don't need a priest. We, don't, we, can, we have a relationship. That's what it is for us to have a relationship with the Lord. And now we have another earthquake. 
And this one is, is, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back and sat on it. Almost like, you know what? Come on. He's just like, at the end of the day, man, it's victory. It's victory. He just sat on it. You know? And that's what I love about this. Is like you just, there's just an excitement that, that, that happens in these verses. And you see... His appearance was like, uh, was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. So these Roman guards who were able to train and could cover six feet of, of, of coverage, they were deadly. They passed out. Some of them disappeared. They took off. It scared them that badly. And that's why it says they were like dead men. They were terrified. And, but the angel said to the women, it's funny, the women stayed, right? <laughs> Men took off. Same thing happened when the, when the disciples at the crucifixion. What happened? The men scattered. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we have a tendency of this happening in our, in our, with our, our men in church. They scatter. We're supposed to be uh, men, godly men, leading our families. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times what we see is we see the women. We need to go to church. You'll see the women come to church, and, and you'll are, you know, and then the the I was that way, so I don't want you to think that I'm putting any pressure on y'all, because I would, Teresa was always like, we need to go. It's Easter. We got. I was like, oh, is is that time again? Because I didn't want to go. I, I I was like, we just went for midnight mass, you know, because that's all we did. And so for us, what we we need to remember is like, I love the fact that two things are going to happen here. One, we see that the women are here, but it's also going to, in Scripture, it puts women in a place that they get the message to go tell people that Jesus has been resurrected. And, and in the culture, anybody who's been in the Middle East, if you, if you understand the Middle East or ever done any research on it, the women are... I mean, I, I remember one of the biggest things, and Court may remember this, uh, possibly uh, in, in his time in Iraq, is is you would see, like let's say you'd have, have the, the husband in the front with his son, and then the wife and the daughters would be in the back of the truck because they're not allowed to be. And that's, that's the place of, of, of a woman in the Middle East. And, and that was what was happening during this time. And, and so we see, but the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen, and he said, Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to his disciples. And so a couple quick things that we see here is we, we see he tells them to come and see. And then he tells them to go and tell. Right? He wants them to come and see, hey, there's nobody in the tomb. There's nobody here. Right? And then he tells them to go and tell. So it's, it's for us, it's like we need to, and there's, they believe that they found a place where the tomb has been found, and all of, of Golgotha. And, and you can actually go and, and visit it and, and, and see the tomb. And what do people want to do? They want to go in the tomb to see if it's empty. 
And, and so, you know, for us, we got, we got to come and see. And, and we, we come to the Scriptures and we see that, that the resurrection has happened. It, it, the prophecies have been told time and time again that this was going to happen and it happened. And then we're supposed to go and tell. We're supposed to evangelize. We're supposed to go out and let people know about Christ. And see, unfortunately, what happens with a lot of people is they give their life to Christ and then that's it. And God wants to use you to go and tell. There are plenty of people. Can I tell you right now, they needed 2,500 Spanish Bibles in, in, uh, at the Freeman Coliseum. Why? Because those little kids need to celebrate Easter. Do they speak English? No. They speak Spanish. They need Spanish Bibles. They're going to have sermons today. And it's important for us to remember, it's easy to get upset with the politics of the day, and I get that. I, I mean, I, I don't... I, don't, I could beat my head against this wall the way I can't stand that we give kids to cartels. That's something that needs to stop. But in the meantime, the kids that are here need Christ. Why not? What would be awesome, because I know Biden's not expecting this, is to see a group of kids that come to know Jesus Christ and change the country. Right? Who knows? That could be God's plan. But we have to be willing to go and tell. And we're hoping, I was talking to Pastor Joe this, uh, this Sunday, we're hoping they're going to let us go and minister. Because uh, they, need, they need to continue to hear the gospel. They need to be loved on. They need to be told about Christ. You would want your kids, right, to, to know about Jesus? I mean, some of these guys don't have parents. They're just being dropped off to some... I, I saw one video, the, the, the person is supposed to be dropped off to an uncle. Where do they live? In a cold place. How many cold places are there in the United States? It's just it's sad because the cartels take advantage of it. But they're kids. And so what we need to do is we need to, as, as Christians, we need to be there to, to minister and go tell them about Christ and, and the importance of the relationship of Jesus. And so one of the things it says in verse 9, it says, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took a, hold, uh, took a hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So after delivering the message, they return, and then Jesus himself appears to them. And, and, and they begin to worship and fall at his feet. And, and that's what the, when the disciples get the news and and we see in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 it says but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners Christ died for us see there's a reason it's it's we see the resurrection but what is the reason for the resurrection it's like I was a sinner I I was not a good man and 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 the Lord got a hold of me and and it wasn't a religion anymore uh, that was the thing. I mean, I a Catholic, I could tell you, I felt like I was doing aerobics at times because I was kneeling down, up, down, and I, could, I was trying to remember stuff because I would go up with my grandparents. And, and, um, but at the end of the day, it was about, it's about a re- relationship. It's about actually having a relationship with Christ. And so uh, that's why Romans, when we look at Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us and, wa- and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died on the cross for us. And the Apostle Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 10. 
It says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Do you do that? I had somebody tell me this in school and ministry. That they, they just, at the end of the day, they, they were like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to live that life anymore. I want whatever I have, it belongs to Christ. I'm done. And I was like, wow. And man, let me tell you something. God has put, put him through the ringer for sure. And, 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 and at the same time, he's saying, you know what? It's, it's all lost because I have Christ. And indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, knowing Christ, my, uh, Jesus, my Lord. For his, uh, for his sake, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I, ha- I may gain Christ. This is a man who's been shipwrecked, beaten, jailed. And he's saying, look, it's been all worth it. Every bit of it's been worth it. And I found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may have share his sufferings because, uh, becoming like him in his death. And Paul was a man who risked everything. And for us, that's the same. We're his disciples and uh, are, are, we're called to, to go out and, and, uh, as followers of Christ. And, and I think what happened with, with those that followed Jesus, when he said it was finished, the disciples were just like, okay, I guess I'll go back to fishing. I guess I'll go back to whatever it was that I'm doing. And, and the thing is, is like we have to understand, it's like when Jesus, Jesus paid the debt for our sin, it's been paid in full. When he died on the cross, he took the sin, every bit of our sin, and paid that debt. I mean, you're guilty, but Jesus takes your guilt and you're free. And Satan's defeated. And Christ was born with with a purpose. And, and, And Peter speaks about this. This is the same Peter that denied Christ. Right? And and here he is speaking in the center square of Jerusalem. And it says in in Acts chapter 2, it says in verse 22, it says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and the foreknowledge of God. You crucified him, crucified and killed by hands of lawless men, God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. And so he tells us in that verse, it was the foreknowledge, it was the definite plan. Christ was always supposed to come. We went over this when we went through the, the triumphal the entry and, and we went through prophecy after prophecy after prophecy, probably like 10 or 15 prophecies. That's just a handful of them. Of Jesus of his, of his life, death, and resurrection. And we have to understand that there was never a plan B or a plan C. This was always the plan. Right? This was always the plan that, that God was going to orchestrate all of these events to this moment so that way you could be saved. That you would not be in your sin. 
And we, we talk about that in, in, in the School of Ministry and New Testament survey when we talk about the 400 years of silence. And it wasn't silent. God was moving time and time again, answering prophecies from the book of Daniel and putting things in place for Jesus to be born. We have to understand that this was always the plan. He is risen. The angel sits there in victory and joy knowing that eternity is celebrating this one moment. This one moment. When that tomb is rolled away, not so that Jesus can come out, so that we can come in. And we know that, that we can look at and go see. I can go to the, the tomb of Muhammad. Or I can go to the, the tomb of Buddha. Or, or to the, 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 the tombstone of Joseph Smith. But when I go see the, the tomb of Jesus, there's nothing there. And He appeared. That one of the things about the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, is He appeared to many. Not only to, did He appear to His, his uh, disciples, but, and, and He goes and go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 9, it says, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, that He appeared to Caiaphas. You can imagine how that felt. The man who tried to kill him, or killed him, crucified him. And then, then, then to the twelve, right? Then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. So there's actual evidence, anybody who's been a cop, you know that you have to have more than one eyewitness. You have to have multiple eyewitnesses to, to, to kind of fix or understand the story completely. But we have 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, so they were able to talk to them as, as Paul's writing this. And though some have fallen asleep, then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one old, uh, uh, untimely born, he, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. There's a man, Paul, who actually killed Christians. And God saved him. So the revelation of Jesus is, one of the things that we need to remember is that when we look at Christ. Christ will continue to pursue you. He'll knock at the door of your heart. It says that no one can take away, take you out of my Father's hands. You may, you may start going off onto the wide path. And I always say that's the wide road walkers. The people who want to walk with the world. And, and, and unfortunately, sometimes Christians do that. And, but what, what does God say? I'm not, you belong to me. He brings you back. Guides you back. But if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus, it's that knocking, that, that pursuit that God places on each of us. The Holy Spirit trying to usher us into a relationship with Christ. Understanding that, that, that God knows you and loves you and that He sent His Son to die on the cross for you. Why? Because God is love. There's sin in us. 
In Romans chapter 6, in verse 4, it says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a in death like his, we surely uh, we shall certain certainly be united with him in, in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Now, do we deal with sin daily? Yes. Yes, we do. We do. I mean, we can get upset. We can say something to our spouse or to our kids, and 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 it's not. There's no love in it, and we need to ask for forgiveness. I always tell people what I can't understand is people will. Ask, well, I already told them I was sorry, but I was like, "Did you go to God?" Because it's like that's it's a relationship, and and Christ wants that relationship with us, and 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 understand that. That the the beauty of us coming to know Jesus Christ is that our salvation is secure. That it's past, present, future sin. That He loves you and He will He will draw you back. We've all been there. There's nobody perfect in this room. In Second Corinthians five verses twenty one, it says, "For the sake He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin." so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. That's part of the power of the resurrection. In Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 4, it says, Therefore is there uh, therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus for the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by flesh could not do, by sending His own Son in the likeness of, of sinful flesh for the sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, we, we, we have to understand, like when we give our life to Christ, we have the Holy Spirit that resides in us. And the Holy Spirit is trying to guide you, but it's having the relationship part of that you know, spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, actually spending time in fellowship. How important that is. And I know COVID has caused a lot of that to kind of have disruptions, but at the end of the day, it's like church is so important. It's not, a, it's not an online thing, even though it's an online thing, right? It's a, it's a person-to-person thing. It's like Christ wants us to have that connection with each other. Like, how are you doing? How are things going? I know some have been in the hospital. Right? And, and, and it's like, how can we pray for you? What's going on? You know, what's happening? That's why church is such an important part of our fellowship. It's such an important part of our relationship with Christ. We can't miss that. But to understand there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You belong to Him. You're His. You've been bought with the price. In Revelation 12.12 12 says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, 
and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. How many of y'all have read that verse before? Right? You have eternity. The devil doesn't. The devil's time is, is running out. And I had shared this with uh, the church Wednesday. It's, it's an example you know, for us to remember that the reason why things look as bad as they do right now is because the devil's throwing everything but the kitchen sink at everybody. Because he's, his time is, is winding down. He has, he has an expiration on his time. Right? His time's coming to an end. And, and uh, that's one thing that we need to remember is like He's coming after you and your families and your marriages and your kids. And that's why walking with the Lord and having that relationship strengthened in Christ is such an important thing. And we, we see, I mean, uh, we saw the, the shoes that were out and I talked about this Wednesday. And, you know, I, I pray that that kid comes to know Christ. Because he's actually chosen to become a Satanist. And instead of us getting in an uproar, we should be praying for the kid. That God would send saints to him to minister to him. Uh, I mean, he's, he's selling, selling, the mess that he's selling uh, in music is sad. But he pandered it to your kids. The Old Town Road. And they paid, what's crazy is they paid, the school districts paid to bring him there. And then what is this next video? It's a Satanist video. It's, it's a Satanic. It's him worshiping Satan. And, and you think that the devil's not real? Oh no, he's real. It tells you right there in that verse uh, that rejoice, right? O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth, and see, for the, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath. In great wrath. To kill, steal, and destroy. Let me tell you, it's, it's one of the things that I love in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, is, is we have a, a, an out. We have a chance to have eternity. Like you have a choice of, of whether or not you're going to have eternity in hell or have eternity in heaven. It's a choice. You have to make it here while you're on earth. If not, the choice is made for you the moment you die. You take your last breath on earth. You're in front of God. You have to, you have to face judgment. And all it takes is one sin. One. And you're, you're guilty. That's it. And so that's why it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that... In Him we might become righteousness of God. How are we righteousness of God? We're righteousness. This is part of the power of the resurrection. Is when you give your life to Christ, your sins are forgiven. Your past, your present, and your future sins. And when God sees you, He sees His Son because you're covered by the blood of Christ. When God sees you, you're covered and cloaked in righteousness because He sees His Son. He gave His life for us. And John 14, verse 18 and 19 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will, not, I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see, no, see me no more. But you will see me because I will live. 
you will also live because I live. You will live too. Jesus shares his resurrection and life with his followers through the Holy Spirit. And so when we give our life to Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit comes inside and resides in us. And that's why it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, that the spirit of, of him who has raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ uh, Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You know what sin is? It's a debt you can't pay. It's like, you know, most of y'all don't remember the checks. Back in the day, you could float a check. This is my BC day, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up some stuff here. You could float a check back in the day. And especially in the Army, you could go to the PX and float the check and then have it come in. It was, it was a bad thing. But if that check bounced, not only do you get the check, but you get the what? The return check fee. If you have a debit card and you overdraw your account, you're going to get an overdrawn fee, right? And so that's what sin is. It's, it's, you get the sin and then you get the debt. You get the, 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 the fee on top of it. And you're never going to catch up. You're never going to have your good outweigh your bad. But when Jesus comes, He says, your debt's been paid. Not only did I bring your account to zero, but I gave you infinite righteousness. Right? I not only gave you your, brought your account to zero, but I, brought, I gave you infinite righteousness on top of it. And not only that, when you give your life to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit that resides in you. You have God in you that helps you, guides you, directs you for this world that we're in. in. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 says this, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, robberies, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these things and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified in the flesh with its passions and desires. See, we have to accept Christ and be filled with the Spirit. See, the world wants you to taste, and I've been there, the world, you, you think everything that the world has is going to be good for you, but it's poison. It's poison. And, and Jesus is the only thing that can actually satisfy the, the Spirit, that actually can fill that, that hole in our heart that we try to fill it with alcohol or addictions or we try to fill it with pornography or gaming or whatever it is. We try to fill that hole, right? Money, job. Oh, if I just have this job, I'm, that's going to make me happy. You know, there are some people that are rich beyond anything that we could ever think of, and they're miserable. Miserable. And so for us, what we do is, is we, we have been blessed to, um, to understand what it is to, to choose to follow Christ and, and, and to understand the power of the resurrection. It's not just the power of the resurrection, but it's that eternity starts here today. That we actually serve Christ today and it impacts eternity. 
And John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus, uh, uh, and, and, and Jesus is, what I love is, this is Jesus speaking, he goes, but I came that, uh, that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, if you were to come tell me, if somebody was to share the gospel with me this way, hey, the devil wants to do this to you. Still, kill, and destroy. And Jesus wants to do this, which is to, uh, I came that, that, that they may have life and have it abundantly. That would have been easy for me to get. I would have said, you know what, I don't want to have, I don't want to be stolen or killed or destroyed. I would rather follow Jesus. Right? And, and so we, we have to understand that we have a choice to make and there are people that we run into on a daily basis that need Jesus Christ. There are people that, that we'll have that we work with and I know you're not supposed to share Christ at work but maybe during lunch or something when you... Because I, I, I've seen it happen and heard, heard of pastors that have actually spent time in their word during are listening to something uh, in, at lunch and, and had somebody come up and ask them what, it, you know, and start asking questions. And a conversation started happening from there and that person ends up coming to know Christ. It's like we have to be willing to actually go and tell. Because you have the power of the resurrection inside of you if you've given your life to Christ. You know, you have eternity. The devil does it. The devil's time is it's coming to an end. And he's going to try to take as many people with him as he can. So you can have all the money and the relationship and wealth and power, but you'll still have that emptiness. The only thing that truly satisfies our soul or our spirit is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that offers an abundant life. The world has an expiration date. And in, in, in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 and 8, it says, He said on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be? And he said this in verse 6 in Matthew 24, verse 6. And he goes, And you will hear, this is Jesus speaking, right? He says, For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. We see that happening right now in a major way. In a major way. But he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For the nations will rise against nations, and the kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are but the beginning of birthing pains. And we think of that beautiful baby, and we know that my wife was in, I think, for, uh, I'm going to say Matthew, but Michael was four days I think three days of labor it was crazy and and so yeah <laughs> but you hear it like it, it takes time and and we know that we've heard rumors of wars right we've heard er about earthquakes that have happened we know that there are nations against nation all these things are happening we're in the last days that Jesus will be returning soon but we have to understand that people need to stop trying to uh, you know, get to the point where we need to be immediate about going in and telling people about Christ. Because people will live in their unrighteousness and, and go to hell. And they, they want that short-term medicine, right? And then you know what it is? It's long-term poison. We think the things of this world will... Will make us happy. 
It's just poison. It's poison. John 16.33 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world and you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We shouldn't freak out when things happen. Right? Why? We're, we're followers of Christ. He tells you, hey, tribulations are going to happen. 2020 should have shook up a lot of churches to make them realize, hey, you've gotten too comfortable. You get too comfortable. It's not about the lights. And I mean, I, sweet Lord, I, if you see Elevation Worship when they do that, it's like a full-blown concert. 15, 16 microphones going at one time. And, and I'm like, you know, to me, worship sometimes with just acoustic is such a beautiful thing. It doesn't have to be that big thing all the time. But it's to remind us at the end of the day that we have peace in Christ and, and, and it's important for us to remember that people are, are being led astray. They're trying to fill their life with the, the poison of this world and, you know, and, and to, to have joy to be able to come to church and, and that the church would actually be a church that actually goes out and shares the gospel to go and tell. Right? Because every one of you know now, because you're here, hey, the tomb's empty. So you've already come and see. So now you're supposed to what? Go and tell. That's the thing that we need to remember. And so Jesus stood ready to face the cross and defeated, defeated death. And He could have stepped away at any point. But it was the power of the resurrection we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, in verse 54, it says, When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortal, then shall, uh, shall come to pass, saying, It is written, Death is swallowed up in victory, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks uh, be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast be movable right it says be steadfast immovable always abounding in in the work of the lord knowing that the that your uh, that in the lord your labor is not in vain and so we need to understand that the power of the resurrection if you've given your life to christ is in you and at some point death isn't our last breath right we need to understand, I know um, a lot of people struggle when they, they, they have somebody die or they go through mourning. But we should have joy in the fact that we have hope in Christ. We should have joy in the fact, I think a lot of times, what do we do? We think about heaven like, oh, that's where I'm going to see my family. No, that's where you're going to see Jesus. You're going to be with Jesus. And you get to see your family. Jesus is the first. Right, but that's what we do. But when you take your last breath here on earth, if you've given your life to Christ, eternity, you're born into heaven. You're born into heaven. So which direction are you going? Heaven or hell? It's that choice that we all have to make, right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, But we do not... Uh, want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not be grieved as others do. You have that, that do uh, do you have no hope? 
We grieve, but we have hope. Breathing our last breath is to be born here in heaven. We have hope because the tomb is empty. So the results in the resurrection is, is, am I prepared to stand before the Lord? Right? Am I ready to stand before God? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. In Acts chapter 17, verse 30, says, The time of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent, because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom He has appointed. And of this He has given assurance to all by raising Him from the dead. We have a chance to actually have Christ to be, our, uh, to, to, to be able to call out Abba Father. And, and understand that we have a fixed day that we're ready to meet the Lord. But you actually, when you give your life to Christ, you can cry out, Abba, Father, now. I don't understand why people think it's a religion. It's a relationship with Christ. We all have an appointment with death. Are you ready to go meet your Abba, Father? Are, are you a Christian that's clinging to, <laughs> clinging to the world, Right? It's like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Um, I'm ready to, you know, either way. I want to serve you here or go serve up there, right? And so we have to remember that. And, and so there are two questions I want to just end with. And then we'll do communion. Um, first one, Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And this is actually for you as a believer as well. I think we should be able to answer this question. He said to them, this is Jesus speaking, but who do you say that I am? Right? Who do you say that I am? You should be able to answer that as a Christian. Right? Who do you say I am? Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But more importantly, in John chapter 11, in verses 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who, believes, who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's a question for you to, to, to ponder over today. Right? That's a question for you to ponder over today. What we're going to do is we're going to take communion. And uh, communion is for believers only. So, um, in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 and 28, it says, Whoever therefore eats of the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. And, and for us who are believers, we're supposed to examine our hearts. And so, uh, Lester and Melissa are going to come up and do a worship song and give us a chance to examine our hearts. And I want to, I know most of you are believers here, but I want to close our eyes and let's pray before we do that because it's real simple. If you want to know that you're going to have eternity in heaven, if you want to know that you're going to, when you take your last breath here on earth, that you're going to be with Christ. There are four things that have to happen. One, you have to admit you're a sinner. And, and I can tell you by the time I was seven or eight, I was a good sinner. I, I've stolen stuff from the convenience store. Um, I lied to my mom and dad. I've, I've done all that stuff, right? 
And so I, it's, I, I was a sinner. Second, you have to ask for forgiveness and be willing to turn away from your sins. And then third, you believe that Christ died on the cross. And then fourth, you receive Christ into your heart and your life. And so let's go ahead and bow our heads uh, and, and just pray. And, and it's real simple. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is the penalty for the sin? And in Romans chapter 6, verses 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But again, here's that, parable, that, that wonderful contrast. But the gift of God is eternal in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, if it, it says in, uh, you know, for us to ask for forgiveness of our sins in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, and you will be saved. Uh, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you want to receive Christ, just repeat this prayer. And this is for you online as well, because I know we have people watching online. So if you want to receive Jesus Christ, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Guide my life and help me. Do your will in me, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.